0: podcast is part of the sports social podcast network
1: fire for them fire for them if you're looking for that 35 bag umbrella and all damn thing there keep it locked with this enomics podcast yo 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 welcome back happy new year first episode of the year for this Dishonomics podcast so, had to give myself a young break was living my best life in Ghana and had to get a, a couple of weeks to recover from the turn up but we're back baby this will be my last ever break well I'm going to have a break so I want to make sure you do have a new pod to step to every Sunday night wake up on a Monday morning the new Dishonomics podcast will be there so make sure you tune in and tell a friend to tell a friend that we're back in the streets baby quick announcement Trending Sundays with my boy, Yus, at Big Man Yus on Twitter and Instagram. Also got a great podcast called Meet Us After 7 with Gina. Um, Trending Sundays, we back. First Sunday of, the, of February, so that will be the 2nd. And we're going to have another on the 16th. So make sure you check out our page at Trending Sundays without a G because we call. It's a new location. It's no longer at we are by Liverpool Street, but it's still situated in the Liverpool Street Shoreditch area. We are at Sink Pong um so you can get there from old street shoreditch or liverpool street very local starts at six and at 12 music food games drinks shisha all that good stuff yeah so make sure you grab your tickets on shrubs.com tell a friend to tell a friend so that's at trend and sundays on ig or you can follow at big man US or at dissonomics just search and grab your tickets and come turn up with us cool anyway back to this podcast business yeah um what's been quite big on the agenda is racism especially with regards to her royal majesty or her majesty i don't know how you even say them things there so i don't actually care but um mega markle her and her her and harry have den- announced that they're gonna step away from the royal family and go do their own thing You know what i mean and he's come out to protect his missus um against some of the stuff that's been she's been dealing with the last few years i can't i don't know how long they've been together but do you know what I mean? And there's been a lot of talk about racism, racism in the, in the UK. And you've had people on different sides of arguments. Um, some people say in the UK racist. It's a lovely. I saw on Twitter yesterday or the day before. It's a very lovely. Uh, what's the word? Tolerant country. Some people have completely different views. We're gonna get into that today. Some people were accusing the great Dr. Scholler, um of racism for saying white people are racist and. We're gonna get all that. We're gonna get all into that today. As you know, I'm Nigerian. I what will you call black? I'm trying not to use the word black as much this year because it's a term bestowed upon us, not one we gave for ourselves. So I'm a Nigerian man. I live in the UK. So you, those listen to my podcast, already know how I feel about racism. But I like to also be objective, so I'm trying to give an objective view, an objective argument and discourse and feel free to join in on twitter or instagram or wherever it may be cool firstly as you know this podcast listeners know i do not like to freestyle what words mean or talk about words thinking they mean this or i feel that they mean this or i think they should mean this i go by what they actually mean yeah cool so racism prejudice discrimination or ta- antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Very, very simple. Prejudice, discrimination, antagonization directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that your own race is superior to theirs. Another one the belief that all members of each race possess characteristics, abilities, or, or qualities specific to the race, especially so as to distinguish as inferior or superior to another race or races. Very, very, very simple definition. Accusing another group of being racist does not mean that you are distinguishing yourself as inferior or superior to that race. So, for example, Dr. Shola accusing white people as racist is not actually racist. You can question its accuracy. You could say that's inaccurate. You could say that's a generalisation. You could say that's unfair. We can, have this, we, can have, we can have discourse about that. You cannot say it's racist because it's not. Racism has a definition. Saying something about a group of people And you may not like what they said doesn't automatically mean it's racism. In most cases, or in a lot of cases, there can be a link made, but in this case, not. So let's stop that first things first. Now, let's get into why there's a disconnect seemingly between the wider, I'm based in London, the wider British public, so that tends to be white British and ethnic minorities, especially in this case, um, African-Caribbean people, aka black, in terms of the level of racism in the United Kingdom. Racism isn't always... Racism can be shown very direct, it can be very violent, it can be very upfront. So, for example, if you're writing um, the N-word on somebody's door, that's very... Cut and dry racism. If you're calling somebody racial slurs, like Raheem Sterling got called a black c-word at a Chelsea game, uh, bananas were thrown at Pierre um, um, Emre Kabamba at uh, S- Arsenal Spurs game. Um, Fred and think Jesse Lingard got it at a Manchester City game. So I'm using sports example because that is, I spend a lot of my life engaging sports. So that's a, that's a arena of life where I have the full information in terms of context, history. Do you know what I mean? So those are clear examples to me of racism. And those are examples that nobody can deny. Nobody can say, ah, oh, it's not clear cut. But it's also things that are a lot more covert, maybe more subtle to the untrained eye. But as a black person, you can tell. Same way. And it's annoying for us people who are African-Caribbean because when it comes to, like, sexism, you could we can tell there's more, less direct uh, acts of sexism. But when it comes to racism, we want to play dumb. Maybe people just don't understand because they are not from our demographic or maybe people just choose not to understand. But it's important for us to have these debates and bring that up. Cool, so let's talk about the, the less upfront but clear to us um, racial biases showed. So I'm going to give a few names. Megan Markle, Raheem Sterling, Paul Pogba, Serena Williams. So what happens to them is, okay, um, Sterling has received the bait face one, um, but a lot of what these people have received is the more covert, the indirect, the less subtle, I mean, more subtle forms of racism. These are mainly shown in the violently inconsistent reporting on them and the constant character assassination with no actual causation. So, Meghan Markle, Raheem Sterling, Paul Pogba, Sorelia Williams will consistently be touted as have attitude problems, as bad people, as unprofessional, as unserious, as self-centred, as money hungry. And there is almost always, there is no evidence to back this up like we saw a video on twitter the other day of a guy saying i don't even know why i've never met her but i just don't like Meghan markle um sorry (laughs) what you're seeing for example you're seeing things where pogba or sterling or serena or megan will do something and it's bad but somebody else will do something and it's good it's insane and it happens to it happens to black men and black women in equal measure so I could, I could give you the sports example of black man. so there was a there was a young player who bought his mama's house a man city player so a youth player and then I forgot his name and then Phil Foden also did the same thing but they were like when the black the young black player did it it was like rah like look at him spunking all this money like he's getting too much money he's doing too much and it was Foden like oh my god this sweet darling look what he did for his mother these times at the time the young black but I forget his name I think it's oh it was like a Nigerian name or something he, in fact, actually had more minutes playing for Man City than the other guy. Their minutes played is irrelevant. They both did fantastic things of, you know, getting money and taking care of their family. But when there was a black player, it was demonised. And when there was a white player, it wasn't. We often see the cars that like Pogba, Memphis, Lukaku, Lingard, Rashford, Sterling drive. But we don't see what Harry Kane drives, what Kevin De Bruyne drives, what David Silva drives. What Jordan Henderson drives, what Harry Maguire drives, what James Madison drives, what Christian Erickson drives, what Sergio Aguero drives, and they're all star players, fantastic players. And I'm not saying yo draw these men out because they're just they're young millionaires. What do you want them to do with their money? If you're earning millions of pounds a year, of course you're gonna have a hundred thousand pound car, or two hundred thousand pound, or three hundred thousand pound car. What else? You, what, what do you want them, and them to drive? But it's done deliberately to paint the narrative of money-hungry, flashy, self-obsessed with these people. And when you look at black women, for example, black women have certain hairstyles, certain physique, curvy, bigger thighs, bigger bum, full lips. Sometimes the hair, will be, um, braided hair. Those are some of these. Some of these are some of the things that you can associate with women from Africa and women from the Caribbean, just however, when it's done, when it's portrayed in the media by damn, it's seen as untidy, too much, distasteful, not sexy, not high fashion, not chic. I saw that word on m herberic top one kept on saying chic, chic, chic. I figured, what the fuck does this word mean dog? But if it's a young Kylie Jenner or do you know what I mean? Or an a white woman on um, love island it's high fashion it's sexy it's glamorous what this is for those people who do, who aren't black listening to this these are some of the examples that we're talking about and this then puts your general existence into disrepute all the time you just exist in just being yourself, having the lips that your mum and dad gave you, having the physique that your mum and dad gave you, having the hair that is ingrained deep into your culture, doing the things, buying the things that your age mates, your peers, your colleagues buy, saying the same things, doing the same thing. Another example, when Pogba or Lingard or any young black professional in any sport is like dancing, just doing the things that we do culturally is deemed as they're unserious, they're taking a the mick, you can't trust them, they don't take their job seriously. But if a white British footballer seen at night, jumping up and down, doing the... When I'm going up, when I'm down, you know what dance I'm talking about. Clearly drunk, doing football trance-type songs. Oh, he's a lad, look at him having a good time. What? One is probably, you could deem, arguably more harmful than the other, because this person is out late at night and he's drunk. Not to say that is wrong, because as a young man, as long as you're professional in your job, you should have the opportunity to do that. Do so as every other professional in the world. But surely if one's wrong, it ain't the one, ain't the, ain't the brothers dancing in the comfort of their own home or in the changing rooms. Like, what? It's insane. It's insane. And that shows that just as with racism, our mere existence, our acts are deemed as inferior. If we do the same thing as you... Bec- there's a problem when we do it, it shows that we're not serious, we can't handle being a professional, we can't handle being a limelight, we can't handle um, money or, s- we're inferior. The, the belief that all members of each race possess characteristics, abilities, or qualities specific to that race, especially so distinguished as inferior or superior. Prejudice, discrimination, antagonism directs against somebody of different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Clear as day. Clear as day. Now, let's talk about the white privilege and the importance of dialogue and all that type of stuff. So, Dr. Shola, she had, she was on TV and she, hold on, she was on the This Morning show about five days ago discussing um, white privilege and the royal crisis regarding to racism and Her belief that it's not the job of black people and ethnic minorities to educate white people on racism perpetuated by white people. Take a listen
0: play? I mean, this is a question that you feel actually you're exhausted of having to defend it because for you, it's so blatant that yes, the answer is yes, racism is to play. You've taken, you've taken the words right out of of my mouth. It is exhausting when you keep hearing people either deny that racism is at the heart of this. Mm. People go, it's criticism, but it's criticism steeped in racism. And look, I think the difficulty here for a lot of people is that they do not understand this thing and the thing is that it is not the job of black people and ethnic minorities to educate white people on racism that is perpetrated by white people. Right. White folks need to go educate themselves on racism they perpetrate. Mm-hmm. The reason why the racism experienced by Megan feels so personal, and it deeply resonates with a lot of people. is because it's symptomatic of the culture of racism in the United Kingdom. What, what, right. what examples do you have? You see, that is another problem. When people ask, keep asking, what examples? It makes me question. It, it, it makes me question. Where have you been the last two years? What have you been reading? What have you been? What I've have you been listening, listening I've to? I've been reading right, some criticism. Right. I haven't personally read anything that right. I could say was based on and this is, racism. And, and this is part of the problem. And that, Let me explain what racism looks like from a... The lens of white privilege. White privilege whitewashes racist and inflammatory language as unconscious bias. It perpetuates the bigotry of intolerant white people as ignorant. It defends and protects their private views, once spoken, as misspeak, and then camouflages racist behaviour as error of judgment, which is exemplified yeah. by Danny Baker's tweet yeah, when, well, he, that, when he when I mean, he compared be... Archie to a yeah, chimpanzee. Yeah. Now, look, I think. If you look at a lot of the criticisms she's faced, even a lot of the examples, it sums up to one thing: How dare she? She doesn't know her place. She's uppity, right? When a black woman right goes along with the flow, does what is expected of her, mm. it's all okay. But the moment she exercises independent thought, independent authenticity, her own independent views, she's a problem. Problem.
1: problem. Shout out to the great problem. 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 doctor, giving a giving a um giving them a quick one when it comes to discussions regarding racism i tr- i personally try to avoid white privilege um even white like even privilege male privilege all that all privilege FC. when i first heard it, i was like mm, sounds a bit big because but um obviously as with everything you're not always going to understand things when you first hear them no matter how smart or daft you may be and then somebody described to me and that's when i really took it in um so for example with male privilege it was like Male privilege is essentially where being a man gives you an added advantage. Where that uh, just simple as that. Okay, in this situation, or or in this region, or like basically in this segment of life, in this situation, the fact that you're a man gives you an added advantage. That's a privilege. Same thing with race. So, in you can say in this in these scenarios, the fact that you're a white woman or a white man gives you an advantage that can never be experienced or benefit from from an Asian man Asian woman so on and so forth cool I understand that and I think many of us are starting to understand that however when I thought when you're having discourse with people who or you already know do not have the same life experience or information as you do clearly simply clearly by the conclusion they've reached oh the UK ain't that bad you know we ain't racist like all the type of shouts you already know that they benefit inherently from these former privileges. So just telling somebody, "Yo, that like, you've got this privilege," automatically they're gonna switch off. So this depends really, and this is like one of my first five to ten podcasts. Like, what are we fighting for? This is where it depends on really. What are your goals? What is the what is the thought process when you're discussing when you're engaging in discourse regarding race? Are you simply using it to vent? or you simply just want to tell people about themselves or or you simply just want to express your feelings or whatnot then it doesn't really matter on how they receive the message like or do you know what I mean or if you don't really care on um, if you're of the, if you're of the belief that it's up to you as a non-black person to actually go out and educate yourself the burden of proof the burden of of education isn't on the oppressed it's on the oppressor then I understand that and to some degree, I believe that. However, as an internal pragmatist, I believe when I'm having the, well, me personally having the discussions, I'm looking to change and impact culture when I do my podcast, when I, t- when I tweet. When I have individual discussions face-to-face, one-to-one, I'm looking to change and impact that person's philosophy, that person's frame of mind, that person's belief system. So it is in my best interest to speak in or communicate in a manner that they're going to be able to digest the most. That doesn't mean mollycoddle, that doesn't mean like spare people of the actual truth, but it's all in the terms of how you package information you get. If you order something from Selfridges, yeah, and then man wrapped it up in newspaper like as a paper masse, compared to what happens when you actually order something from Selfridges or Mr Porter, although you're getting the same product, you're going to feel different, you're going to feel slightly differently about the product you received. That's just the nature of life. Communication is so important. How you package information in dialogue is so important. So, I don't even think... We don't, we don't even need to get into the whole white privilege thing. Simply because there are so many examples of why we experience racism in this UK. There's so many. So, in, um, in the extract I just played you, um Schofield asks, I haven't seen any examples. You wanna get that? She's like, oh, the burden, that's when she went, Oh, this is the white permission. This is not even a criticism, but I personally believe in these discussions, this is when you say, Okay, cool, you want examples, boom, I'm gonna give you twelve. Because there is. Answer the question, so there's no room for twerking from them and there. There's no room. There's examples of great racism. I'll give you a few. If a black man or a black woman commits the exact same crime, as a white man or white woman, with the exact same circumstance, I mean, the exact same background record, whether it be a lack of crime or history of crime. So basically, same crime, same history. Black woman, white woman. Black man, man, white man. Black people are exponentially more likely to go into jail and be convicted. This is not from at underscore nomics Twitter. This is not from Black Lives Matter. This is from the department of justice. This is this is not from me. It's not from me, blood. Yeah. Let me go to school. A black student, especially male, is three hundred and fifty percent more likely to get suspended than a white student. Three hundred and fifty percent, not three point five percent, not even thirty five percent. Because we see we see the the, the big deal that is made of the gender pay gap, which is like 7% or 7 or 10%. Yeah? That's a big discrepancy. What? Are you crazy seven, 10%? 350%. So if people will inherently just assume and take a difference in pay of 10% as a sign of sexism, then 350%? <coughs> Boy, cool. Stop and search. Almost the same numbers. 300 to 400% more likely as a black man to be stopped and searched by police. Credit scores. I'm not going to give the name of the, of the investment bank because, you <laughs> know what I mean? But there was, re- there was a study shown that when it came to getting loans from this so-called bank here, this, uh, this investment bank, black people were inherently, significantly, shall I say, less likely to get the loan. Bearing in mind... This is when credit scores are equalized. Like they've got the same credit the same credit score. You're less likely. And to and to be current to this bank, yeah, you have to have your shit in order because of the nature of the bank. So it's not like, oh, you could say they ain't got the assets. Nah. All things considered, they're less likely. Two out of like a study from Warwick University showed that two out, two out of three Caribbean students taking the year nine sats were less likely, um, who, had, who had a history and grades to show that they should be put into the higher um, papers to get the higher grades, I think that's for GCSE or SATs, I can't remember, were not. And just ask people that don't live in M25, even people who live in M25, I can tell you stories, but people who've lived in Essex, uh, Norwich, Leicester, Birmingham, all these areas, Just personal experience, I don't like to scale out my personal experience to the whole world because that doesn't make sense. Because I remember one brother told me that he's never... And he's a black brother, um, lived in London, has told me he has never had bad experience with the police. I can't scale out his experience because the evidence and other people's personal experience show that on average, black people tend to have a rougher deal with the police. There is so much. It was only in 1965 that that, that there was the first bit of legal um, legislation, United Kingdom, to address racial discrimination. The Race Relations Act in 1965. Many of our parents were already alive, <laughs> have lived longer than this. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Even the Equality Acts that came out in 2010, this outlawed discrimination on the grounds of colour, race, or ethnic... Um, sorry, the outlawed discrimination on the grounds of colour, race, or ethnic, or national origins in public places in Great Britain. So that was the Race Relations Act. The Equality Act, similar lines, but it also extended to age, um, sexual orientation and, and that was specific to the workplace so it's only been 10 years since they've put in solid res- legislation to stop certain things happening in the workplace do you think you can go from a place where it said no no Irish, no dogs, no niggers <laughs> and in less than 60 years everything's gravy Don't, don't be stupid do not be stupid And I implore you people that come from black backgrounds, so whether you be Caribbean, African, South American, Aborigine, or mixture of all of the above, or any sort of mixture, whether you're an Asian, whether you're you're from Persia, whether you're from the Far East, whether you're South American. When people try to minimise your experience and minimise the wider reality because this racism is not just on an individual basis, it's also on on an institutional basis. I I just spoke about the justice system. I just spoke about banks. I spoke about education. That is institutional. You have enough examples to push back and be like, no, this is actually happening. Not just my personal experience, here it is backed up by evidence. And... We should not get tired of having dialogues on race. We have to keep having them. Not pathetic dialogues, actual dialogues backed up with evidence, data, personal experience. And when they ask questions, we sit to the questions so they don't twerk. Because when you're having these discussions with people, naturally they're gonna to wanna to move the to goalpost. Same thing when a woman is talking to a man about um, sexism in the workplace or, or misogyny. Like people gonna try, man, they going to try and move the goalpost that same things are happening in race they're going to try and move the goalposts so stick to the questions answer the question and then divert it straight back to your initial argument and people think oh let's not be having the debates because we're going to I think one thing you think is we're not going to win listen it's not always about winning the debate because I'm telling you especially if you're having it in a public setting where there's people that can view if you're having it on your social media there are people watching and reading your discussion and it's impacting the way they think I'm telling you now and even if that person doesn't explicitly tell you or show you they've changed their mind, they're going to rethink their thoughts. Because when you're giving them evidence and it's rational and they're having to, uh, but, uh, 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 but, my, but my best friend is black or they move the goalposts, that's them. That's just their human practicing when they're trying to not lose the discourse and maybe have a lot of pride that oh, they're only seen as racist. But when they're thinking, they're going to be thinking, rah, oh, this person said... Trust me. It, it, I remember one day. It was um, Yasser Yaqib, a man. I think he was Bradford or Sheffield, and a lead drug dealer, Asian man, was essentially slaughtered by police. They surrounded his car, and with assault rifles and machine guns, can't remember. They sprayed up his car, sprayed him to pieces. Then later they said that there was a gun in the car, but then they found the gun was allegedly found in the back seat. So. They can't claim danger because the gun wasn't, the alleged gun wasn't even in reach. And nobody armed with a handgun in a car with nowhere to escape is going to attempt to get, engage in a shootout surrounded by armed police. Nobody's doing that. And I was going... And I remember that day on Twitter when I was saying this is disgusting, this is an act of murder, da 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 I had several people, white British mainly, no, solely, should I say, He went on for the whole day and I was debating with all of them for the whole day. And I could see in the discourse, when after I broke down the first five lines of argument, showed them how they don't make sense, people saying, yo, he's a drug dealer. I'm like, so what? There's a crime for drugs. If you sell drugs, you can get X amount of years. So... There is no death penalty in the UK, so this is not justified. And if him being a drug dealer is so bad, how come you smoke? How come you take these drugs? So why aren't the people taking these drugs equally as demonised as him? Just going through all these arguments, all these arguments, and I could see in almost all of them that slowly they were like, yo, this guy's right. And I know that there are several people watching this that may have had the same thoughts as those guys that changed their opinion. Just because they didn't voice it but that is a power in having discourse. That's how we learn. If there wasn't debates to certain theories or certain ways of life, we wouldn't be where we are today. And I do understand some of the wider points given by the other side. I say other side like as a gang, you know. That yes, relatively, the UK, in terms of race and being tolerant, is one of the best in the world. There's a lot worse, there's a lot least tolerant places in the world some people are even less tolerant to their own people if they happen to be uh, a different segment of the same religion or from a different religion or they happen to be poor but that doesn't mean that the UK hasn't committed some of the most heinous crimes of the world on the basis of race and still has a very very big problem with um, institutional racism and yeah that's it and the abrupt ending but yeah it is what it is make sure you like this podcast on SoundCloud, subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Google Pods, um, Apple Podcasts, and the most important thing, tell a friend, to tell a friend, share this podcast like it's your own. That would be great. But yeah, until next week, at underscore nomics, at dissonomics on Instagram, at dissonomics pod on Instagram, I'm going to be posting a lot more there, I'm going to be posting information, I'm going to try to turn it into like a mini news feed, so at dissonomics pod, and, most importantly, this is the most important thing. Whatever you think about the podcast, good, bad, ugly, or points you didn't understand, or points you want to debate or discuss other people, or even even the fact you'll just listen to it, drop the hashtag, slap on your socials. You get me? Until next week, God bless. Have a great week.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.